17 minutes past eight. Uh, this is Money Talk with James Ross. Uh, let's welcome our guests to the show. Enzio von File, Capital Preservation Specialist at uh, Financial Shield. Good morning, Enzio. Good morning, James. Nice to have you on the show. And uh, let's Thank also you. say hello to Isaac Poole, Global Chief Investment Officer at Oriana Financial. Uh, good morning, Isaac. Morning, James. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, I mean, let's start with those um, those Fed minutes. Uh, anything surprising did you feel, Isaac, that came out of uh, those minutes? Anything you weren't expecting? No, I think I think the minutes really stuck very tightly to the script, and and that is that policy is tight. There's no rush to to cut rates. They want the the Fed would like to see more evidence that inflation is moving back towards their target. But ultimately, we've seen the last rate hike. Uh, and, and I think markets um, had been given that story by Fed Chair Powell after the meeting and, and there was no intention uh, to, to scare or shock markets with these minutes. So the question is, when, when, when will that, uh, will that cut? Um, what do you think? Well, I, I mean, I, I think it's probably uh, going to be at the very end of the first half of this year or maybe at the start of the second half. We're certainly not going to see a March rate cut that has been priced well and truly out by markets. Um, that leaves May a possibility, although I think the, the Fed might resist that. Uh, and, and then you're looking at June um, perhaps as the, as the most likely timing for that first rate cut from the Fed. Enzio, your thoughts on those minutes? Um, again, anything you, you, you found surprising there? No, nothing surprising. It's just that I would again highlight along the lines of what Isaac is saying, that the um, core inflation is still at 3.9%. That's the one that takes out food and energy. It is still 95% above the target rate of 2%. In other words, core inflation is 3.9% versus the Fed's target rate of 2%. And so I'm fully in agreement. I think probably more the third quarter of this year that you may, may see a rate cut. Um, but that again depends on, on the muscularity of the U.S. economy, there's an old saying that we all just need to remember that you don't fight the Fed. And even if it's not even going long term, just just work on it from a meeting to meeting basis. But don't try and outsmart it because it's not going to happen. I think the Fed has been so by cash mistakes, they have to just be overcautious. So they're still worrying a little bit about inflation, obviously. So that's that's what's uh, holding them back, so to speak, Enzio. A great deal because this core inflation is not to be sniffed at at 3.9 versus 2% target. They can't then say, oh, well, we've dismissed the target rate of 2%. We're now going to start cutting rates if the core inflation is still so strong. Isaac, how, you know, what are we going to see the impact, um, you know, on um, tech stocks and, uh, and equities going forward, do you think? I, I think the really important part here is um, is what the market has been expecting and, and to Enzio's point, really demanding from the Fed that yeah, they, they want to see rate cuts and they've built those rate cuts uh, into their expectations for economic growth and they've used that uh, expectation for reacceleration or stronger US economic growth to, to justify really high PEs and uh, expectations for an earnings growth reacceleration. And if the Fed doesn't deliver those rate cuts that are being demanded, there's a risk that market the market is going to have to adjust their expectations. And that means adjusting their, their prices and, and valuations. And and the from here where valuations are eye wateringly high, they're, they're you know exceptionally high, 
the the direction of uh, least resistance is is lower, and and so that opens up quite a lot of downside risk, I think, to to equities over the next say six months if uh, if the Fed doesn't cut until the third quarter, as Enzio suggests. That there could be some real uh, indigestion in equity markets. Yeah. Enzio, are you seeing worries about uh, about risks there? Well, certainly from the corporates in the U.S. The corporate bosses are worried. They're losing some steam, according to the Economist of last week. The consumers seem to be running out of steam because their excess savings are beginning to are, have have been whittled away. They're just there's not as much spare cash around to go out and shop till you drop. And also, America's manufacturing boom seems to be strong. In the first half of last year, the manufacturing investment was up. Monthly factory construction rose by 17% in real terms. In the second half of the year, it rose only by 8%. So that's a huge slowdown in the factory construction. I'm not going to base my whole case on factory construction, but I'm just saying that if corporate bosses are somewhat worried about things, then I think we better, again takes me that it's not quite all the glitters is not gold so you're not quite as confident uh, on the american economy as perhaps some people are is you? Uh, correct i think that the it's 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 to our day grandpa speaking here it's a little bit different the structures i think a lot of it is because of the internet the online shopping the convenience of the economy has just increased so much that it's not quite, one can't just take the old rules, and nobody is in this interview, taking the old rules and applying them. That's what makes this, the reading of the economy quite difficult at this stage. More of an art than a science, to be quite frank with you. Isaac, you know, we're seeing these uh, record revenues from uh, NVIDIA um, up 265% on its uh, booming AI business. Is this just a fad, or is this going to be a, a real thing? I mean, I, I think there are genuine uh, a genuine chance for AI to really support uh, global growth via higher productivity, and and that that I think is the really big story here. Not just the production of chips, but the fact that other companies may be able to use this technology to support productivity uh, and and drive not just uh, growth but trend growth, longer term growth, higher. And, and ultimately, that's a structural story that could be very positive for um, global economic growth, but also corporate earnings over the medium term. But we haven't seen that come through yet. And, and history is littered with examples of um, productivity uh, being promised by new technology. They're not really delivering what, uh, what was expected. So I think you know, I, I do believe this will be transformative but it may not be as transformative or come as soon as uh, as markets expect uh, turning for a moment to uh, China, and uh, we were talking about uh, you know potential for American uh, rate cuts. Uh, China has had some rate cuts. Enzio, your thoughts on those? Uh, what it was? What is the impact going to be? Do you think? Well, they're like trying to stick a band-aid to a wet Teflon pan. <laughs> I haven't really wasted my time trying this. Um, isn't going to get very far because guess what? It won't stick. What they're really doing is they're applying a cyclical tool of interest rate cuts to a structural problem of party state capitalism. Now, it's their right to do what they want with their party state capitalism. I'm just saying as an economist that the track record of dirigisme, of markets being told what to do, doesn't work when it comes to companies investing where the growth opportunities are. So 
I don't think that these, I think these are all a drop on a hot stone, and I'm afraid I have to give it a bit of a thumbs down in terms of just where this market is going precisely. No, it's going to Japanize. Many it has a potential for Japanizing for many, many years, quite frankly, at this rate. Hey, let's come back to Japan again in just a second. Um, Isaac, what were your thoughts on the uh, China policy support measures? What, what do you think? Well, I, I mean, I, I think it's been very slowly drip-fed out to the economy and the, cumulatively there's been some impact. Uh, you know, growth appears to be better perhaps or, or stabilising at, at least but there hasn't been enough done yet to really drive some sort of reacceleration in growth. And, and that is probably what will be required for equity markets to sit up and take notice because there's uh, these geopolitical tensions that are just keeping capital from flowing into China. And until we see genuine reacceleration, I, I think that could persist and, and it will make it a very difficult market to, uh, to navigate. On Japan, Isaac, your thoughts, uh, you know, people have been sort of switching their allegiance a little bit, at least financially, to towards Japan in recent months, uh, although there are lots of issues with Japan, such as the, the weakening yen, which is good and bad, uh, of course, um, for some. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Well, I'd say thank goodness for the weakening yen for, for Japan, because without that external demand being supported by a weaker currency, they would be in an even deeper uh, recession than, than they are now because domestic demand is, is slow and slowing. Um, there's a central bank there that, that wants to, uh, wants to leave rates as low as they possibly can and they've probably missed the window to, to be able to hike really now. And, uh, and that isn't a great combination, I think. And, and a real challenge here is that there are structural tailwinds through the corporate side, but cyclical headwinds. Uh, and I think the market is moving to price these structural mm. uh, tailwinds, but the, the cyclical side is much more challenging. Enzio, where are you on Japan this week? Uh, you, you, you feel strong about it? Uh, cautiously optimistic is this hackneyed phrase. I think that the wage rises are quite encouraging. Honda up 5.6%, Aon up 6.4% year on year. I think the fear of missing out Japan is very much doing well because China is doing poorly at this stage because we all know that these markets are very large market cap. You can't go, you can't do a strategic trip to Nassau to cater from Japan to Singapore. It doesn't work. Or from China to Singapore, the market caps are just too different. So I think that it, I'm still cautiously optimistic on Japan that it's just a, typically Japan wants to cover it. It will take time. It's not sort of a fantastic story but at least it's a solid story and with the wage rises beginning to get gain some momentum i do i do think there's some room for more consumption to come through despite these rather gloomy recent economic state of points coming out yeah well sticking with japan i absolutely uh, uh thanks uh, very much enzio capital preservation specialist at uh, financial shield I'd also say thank you very much to isaac pool uh, global chief investment officer at uh, oriana